Hi, I'm Yanni, and I want to welcome you to I Have Issues, a relaxed interview podcast where you can learn more about the creators behind some of your favorite indie comics and graphic novels. And now, here's your host, Lucifer Storm. And we're live once again. Haven't done this since last week. <laughs> Welcome to I Have Issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got one quick question for you. That's right, you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully you're keeping well and you're keeping safe. I've got an awesome guest with me this evening. Before I bring them in, I do just want to remind you that this show is made possible thanks to those wonderful, wonderful people at Malice Bazaar, an online store that deals with morbid curiosities, ranging from taxidermy all the way to unique upcycling. And, of course, that's where my friend John Doe comes from so if you want to check out what they've got to sell there's a link to their etsy store in the description box down below but be warned before you click that link what they sell is not suitable for children the easily offended or the faint of heart so with that out of the way i want to introduce you to our awesome awesome guest he's a very talented young man and he's working on a book or has been working on a book called resilient and we're going to ask him some questions about that in just a second. Could you please welcome George McHale? George, how the devil art thou good, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having Excellent. me on the show. Anytime, man. It's my absolute pleasure. I, I love the setup that you've got going on with all the pictures in the background. I like the fact that you're in a suit. You're like, right, I'm, I mean business. I am here to do damage. You stood up. You've got all this energy coming from you already. This is fantastic, fantastic start. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating today. This is a big day for me. Uh, my Kickstarter is launching in a few hours. So I got my suit on. I got my, my wine on. I'm celebrating. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, before we start asking you some questions, I just want to acknowledge the people in the chat because there's a few here already. We've got Jake Vista. How the devil art thou, good sir? We also have Marigo Ann, who says hello. Uh, we have uh, mm, who says hi. Welcome to the show. Uh, mm, I believe this is the first time I've seen you in the chat, and I love the name. Thank you so much for dropping by. We've also got Pop Culture Avenger, who says, Hail Lucifer. Good evening, good sir. We also have my main man, Wakey J 87 who says, Evening all. Evening, Wakey. How the devil art thou, good sir? We also have Bree, who says, Good evening. How is everyone doing? We're doing splendidly. How the devil art thou, though? That's the real important question. And Marigo answers, Suited up. Oh, yes, that's right. So, George, there's going to be some people watching this show who know who you are, and there's going to be plenty who don't. So for the people who don't, do you want to let everyone know who you are and what it is that you do? Uh, yeah, my name is George McHale, and I'm 39 years old, uh, Capricorn. I like long walks on the beach and uh, <laughs> some wine once in a while. Uh, no, I'm a comic book writer, and uh, I've been making comics for about three and a half years now. And... Uh, Right now, uh, we're celebrating the launch of, uh, of my series, Resilience. It's my first book released by a publisher. Up until this point, I've been just hustling and grinding it out, you know, on the independent scene. And so now I'm like, I'm psyched. I've made it big time. <laughs> Excellent, man. Tell us a little bit more about Resilient. Sure. Um, so Resilient is, is a comic book. It's an action-adventure book. It's about a woman. She's a judo teacher. And... Uh, she goes on a demining uh, expedition with uh, with her husband in Cambodia, and yeah. there she uh, has a tragic accident and she loses her arms, and uh, she gets these like badass like robotic uh, pink mecha arms, and they're kind of indestructible, 
And uh, and then her husband's sorted past. Uh, he, he was in the military prior and got up to some bad things there. And it catches up to him. And it all leads to this uh, blood-soaked climax with the Mexican cartel. Excellent, excellent. What was the catalyst for this book being made? What was it that ignited that first thought that would then go on to become resilient? Uh, I've always wanted to talk about uh, someone overcoming an injury. And uh, while I haven't uh, personally um, uh, lost my arms, clearly, yeah. I, I, I broke my back um, in 2014. I had heart surgery when I was like 15 years old. And uh, so I wanted to talk about these issues of someone getting knocked down and then getting back up again and, and really showing how resilient uh, someone can be. Um, so that's hence the name. Um, so that, that's kind of the, 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 the crux of the, the story is the, the heart of it is is kind of coming back from from a huge injury and yeah. Uh, yeah we see how tough how tough our main character is and i really put her through the paces excellent that's what i like to hear so were there any fears going into this project anything that made you question whether you should do this book or not yeah well sure there's i i, I have a lot of fear like um <laughs> I've always loved comic. Yeah, I just live my life, <laughs> kind of constantly <laughs> terrified. Um, no, I, I, I always wanted to work in comic books, and I was really nervous about putting myself out there for a long, long time. And uh, you know, throughout my twenties and early thirties, I did not pursue that, even though I desperately wanted to. Um, I just denied myself that because I was afraid mm -hmm. of failure, um, yeah. just afraid of rejection, these sorts of ideas. And after my injuries that I had, like especially the car accident, I was just like forget that man what am i gonna just be afraid of forever like i'm actually gonna go for this and uh and i've been been working hard uh yeah since about 2018 uh, putting out books and stuff i've got a monster series called uh, uh, cover of darkness that's some of the artwork that you can see behind me there and yeah. uh yeah I'm, i've been just super passionate about comic books out on the convention circuit 2019 i did like 18 shows all across nice. north america and uh and then now this is my first book it's it's in stores on june 30th and available to order now but we're also doing this kickstarter and the kickstarter is on starting today uh this evening until may 13th and there's exclusive covers only available on the kickstarter excellent and guys i know i haven't got a link to the kickstarter campaign yet but once it's live i'll be getting the link i'll be updating the description box down below so feel free to enjoy the replay unless you're listening to this on spotify which is the next day after we've done this show in which case the link's already there so if you want to check out this campaign you can follow the link down below what life commitments did you have to uh, deal with during the process of bringing this book to life? You know, what sort of things cropped up uh, day to day that made you go, oh, no, not now. I don't want to be dealing with this. I just want to get on with the book. Well, back in 2018, I, I called my wife from work one day. I was working as a, as a caregiver in like a day program working mm -hmm. with adults with developmental disabilities. We do like yeah. lots of cool things like lawn work and uh, carpentry and furniture building and things like this with those guys. And I've been doing that for pretty much 20 years. Yeah. And I, I called her at that point and I said, I got to I got to quit. I got to go into this comic book thing full time. And she was like, Whoa, are you sure about that? That's a, that's a big step. And, uh, She's like, what if you take like a leave of absence? And I, I took a leave of absence uh, for six yeah. months and I never went back. I, I started just making my books and I started selling my books and I just, I dove for it. I just, I, I felt like there was just, the, there was, there was a 
kind of something missing and mm -hmm. and 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 pursuing comics is, has kind of filled that kind of longing that i always had nice did you have anyone trying to convince you to not make this book no uh no uh one thing though that is that was kind of something i grappled with was um the couple i really wanted to to showcase like a real relationship with uh, with a husband and wife uh, i think a lot of times in comics uh, the the heroes are like single people you know yeah. kind of early 20s and yeah. these guys are a little bit older they're married and, and uh and they're struggling to uh, to conceive, to have a baby, right? So yeah. they're going through IVF treatments and things like this. And you know, those were topics that when I was writing it, I wanted to explore those uh, that subject matter. And then then you make the book, and then it's like, oh wait, I gotta I gotta get out there and sell it, and I gotta talk about like these kind of private issues that uh, you know, because my wife and I actually did have some a hard time uh, having our daughter, and. Mm -hmm. uh, so I we hadn't even told like our closest friends, and then and then now I'm putting it into a book, which at the time just kind of felt like therapeutic, <laughs> yeah. and like I wanted to create these characters that people would really relate to, kind of like you know Peter Parker, right? Everyone mm -hmm. feels for Peter Parker because he's yeah. always running late for like dates with Mary Jane, and you know, and Aunt May is in the hospital, and then he's got to go fight Doctor Octopus, you know. So you 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 feel because he's got like this real life that's happening to him. And, and then so when the bad things happens, you really care. And so I really wanted to do that with my characters, too. I wanted, like, the injury aspect. I wanted the mm -hmm. uh, the financial hardship, the har having a hard time to conceiving a baby. These are all mm -hmm. things that make them more relatable so that when the mm -hmm. carnage and the craziness and the car chases and the katanas and the blood and the guts hit, you care. You're really, like, yeah. invested. And you're like, come on. I'm, you're pulling for these guys. So I, I really wanted to put that in there. But then... Yeah, now I'm talking about these things, and it's like this is a little awkward to talk about, like all these kind of things that like happened to me personally. But I got I got to go for it, right? Not just that you're talking about them with the devil himself right now. That that must be even <laughs> scarier. <laughs> so, what was the first step you took after you decided that you were like, right? I'm making this book. This is the book that I need to make right now. What was the first step you took after the after you had that decision of this is the book. This is the story I want to tell. Well, I do a lot of uh, plotting and and mm -hmm. planning before I, yeah. I sit down to write. So the, uh, my my writing kind of processes is I kind of get my concepts in. Uh, I, I kind of imagine like really cool, like just bananas, crazy scenes yeah. of like of carnage and action. And then also I try and pull from real life, actual like funny situations that have, that have happened to me that I think will relate into the story. And so I, I, I structure those into the story and I map out my story arc. Uh, I get like the big poster boards from the dollar store. Yes. I get little post-it notes and, and I map out like my plot and uh, my character arcs and, and for each character and, and how they're feeling emotionally throughout the scene. So really doing that legwork and, mm. and doing all that planning before I get going on the book. From there, I, I like to write my dialogue uh, and, mm. and I, I, I have a hot tub and I have a couple of drinks and I kind of float and I kind of go off into imagination world and I really try and uh, uh, kind of dial into like what is a real conversation between two people and I try and have that like in my brain it sounds kind of weird and, and and I don't worry about so much about the uh, panel descriptions at that point I'm just worried about the conversation and then the last step is breaking it down into those panel descriptions for the artists so that they can 
visualize uh, what I've what I've laid out for them in this in the dialogue. Excellent. I just want to take this moment to let everyone know that if you want to follow George on social media and check out his website, then please take a look in the description box down below. You will find links to his social media accounts and to his website as well. We're going to quickly check the chat before I carry on with my line of question questioning. Oh, that was a weird word. I trip over my words every now and then. <laughs> or I think it's probably because I normally call it in, an interrogation, but not tonight. Not tonight. It's not. So first of all, I want to say hello to a monster fan who says, hail Fox friend. How the devil art thou monster fan? Hopefully you are keeping well. Uh, let me see. Salazar Art Nation says, George Michael is here. Wake me up before you go, go. There had to be one. And I'm glad yes. that it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that often? Do you get like a lot of people going, is your name really George Michael? Yes, I do. And I also get uh, George, George, George of the Jungle. And uh, and then, of course, uh, Georgie Porgy kissed the girls and made them cry, which was kind of sad for me because I didn't want them to cry. I wanted them to like no. it. Yeah, you want them to be like, hey, you're good at this. <laughs> We've also got Collision Bomb who says, Hell Lucy, Hell Collision Bomb, how the devil art thou? We also have the Art of Reed who says, Hi gang, hi art, how the devil art thou? Uh, we've also got Bree who says, Anxiety is a great source of inspiration. I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. We also have Hex Allen Comics who says, Hail Lucifer, Hail Chats. Hello, Hex. How the devil are thou, good sir? And Bree is back once again. She says, Both of my parents used to work with adults with Down syndrome, and I have been volunteering practically my entire life. So rewarding, time well spent. And we also have Wakey J7 who says, it seems like this whole project was a cathartic release after lots of knockbacks. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Excellent, because I, I I agree with that statement. From where I'm sat, that's definitely what it sounds like, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's that's the power of comics when you do it right. And Hex Allen Comics says, I like that George is standing during this interview. So do I. So do I. It brings so much energy. It reminds me of when uh, I've been like a guest at conventions and stuff, and I look over at the artist alley, and there's so many people that like you know they're self-publishing, they're just starting out. Some of them are hobbyists. Some of them want to make a career out of it, and they're sat there behind the table, and they're like, "Why is no one looking at my work? Why is no one buying it?" And then you get that one dude who goes, "Nah, I know what's going wrong," and they stand up in front of their table, and they're just like, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone seems to love it. Is that something that you do at conventions when you appear? Do you do you stand in front of the table and be like, who wants to talk to me? Yeah. Uh, so I do stand uh, all, all three days, like all day. Uh, yeah. I've been on the road promoting my monster book in the past. And uh, I, I, I like to see people in, in their eyes, you know, because yeah. it's kind of a weird dynamic when you're sitting and they're standing and they're looking yeah. down on you. So I like to kind of give them my energy. And, and, and when I'm selling my monster book, I'd be like, Hey, do you like monsters? I got two <laughs> monsters here. <laughs> so I do that and it kind of freezes people in their steps. And they're like, what are you talking about? You strange man. And, uh, <laughs> and then I go into my pitch and uh, um, here, I'll, uh, I'll give it to you. Um, so uh, yeah, when people come over to my table, um, mm -hmm. I'll be like, I've got a monster book here. Can I show it to you? Um, it's kind of like Game of Thrones meets the Universal Monsters. It's about a family in medieval Romania, and they get separated from each other. Oh, no, right? <laughs> and they encounter all these terrible villains, uh, vampires, werewolves. We got a steampunk Atlantean Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, the mummy, our creature from the Black Lagoon. It's, it's 
a lot of fun. I think you're absolutely going to love it. And I just, and then I kind of just hand them the book and they, and they flip through yeah. it and there you go. Good easy peasy. Man. That works. That works really well. You've taken like that, that brief 30 seconds of just being able to go, here's everything you need to know. Do you want to check out more? You know, that that's the best way to do it, I think. So who is your team when it comes to making uh, resilient and what roles do does each team member play? Do you have anyone who does like a, a double role? Like maybe the artist also does the inking or something like that. Or do you have like a, a different team member for each uh, part of the process of making this book? Um, yeah, so I'm working with Vinzel Tabanis on this. Uh, he's an artist uh, from Paris, France, uh, living in Quebec now, Quebec, Canada, and he's an incredible talent. He's worked mostly in video games. Uh, he yeah. also he he did work on the French version of The Crow, uh, and uh, and he's done like uh, comic book covers for Xenoscope before, but primarily nice. more in, in video games. And and he's insanely talented. And he does the line art, the inking, and the coloring. The guy's a machine. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so he d he does it all, and then I write. And it's a small team, and then we I have a letter. Her name's Nikki Powers, and mm -hmm. then we have uh, our editor in chief at Absolute Comics, Benny Powell. So really, lean nice. and mean team. We've got That's a fantastic cool. uh, group of variant cover artists, though. Holy yeah. smokes! I've got like yeah. the just the A list here. Uh, can I show this? I'm gonna. Yeah, please. Right. If you've got anything right. that you want to show, you go. You can see that there, guys. That is by the incredible Ed Bennis. And then we've got other covers here by Ali Garza and Andy Bellinger. Dennis worked on Justice League and uh, Birds of Prey. He's like a superstar. I was really psyched to get him. So that cover, um, the big image there, that's only available on the Kickstarter. Um, we also have uh, uh, covers by Jeffrey Lachamba. I like to say his name. Lachamba Cruz. Uh, <laughs> he's an Australian artist who's worked on like Street Fighter and Darkstalkers and lots of that kind of like manga energy. I've got another manga artist, Mystic Arts. Um, um, who else do I have? Lots of people. <laughs> um, uh, Chris Brooks Morris, uh, Colin Turnbull. He's a buddy of mine, actually. He just slayed it on this cover. He works in the oil rigs in Northern Alberta. And I was just like, dude, you're so talented. You've got to do something here. And, and I'm like, just submit something and I'll, I'll take it to the publisher. The publisher loved his artwork so much. They made it a metal cover, which is like a hard, like shiny metallic cover. Mm -hmm. And it's like the our our heroine is like in a bikini on the beach, and it looks great. And and it's like one, uh, one of the higher uh, rewards here. So they really loved his artwork. So I was really happy to be able to bring Colin into this project too. Um, yeah. So we've got it's a small team, but then we mm -hmm. have like we have ten covers all together. Um, yeah. So lots of different covers. Three of them are in the uh, retail, so you can get uh, the main cover by our series artist. Then we have one by Ali Garza, who worked on Supergirl, Teen Titans, Deadpool. And yeah. then we have uh, one by Andy Bellinger, who worked on Southern Cross and uh, Swamp Thing. So we have three retail versions and then seven that are only on the Kickstarter. Nice. Once the production of the book began, what were some of the challenges that you and the team had to face together? Well, I did. I self-funded the first issue. And mm -hmm. uh, I it, it was quite a... Uh, and it was quite an endeavor for me. <laughs> so I, I, because I really wanted my art to be fantastic. That's one thing as a writer. Um, if you don't have great art, people aren't going to read your story. And you yeah. know, so yeah. I, I really wanted like a, a great talent. And so, um, but I wanted kind of to have that uh, uh, publish, uh, publishing uh, contract in hand mm -hmm. before continuing on with issues two, three, four, five. And, uh, and so 
I I went out uh, looking for that, and I, I I didn't submit to very many publishers, but I had I'd met the group of Absolute Comics there, um, the artist uh, Jamie Tyndall, and his like partner in crime Murphy there. I I tabled next to them um, yeah. like six times in 2019. And so I got to know these people at Absolute Comics, and they're really good people. And so then when I went out to New York Comic Con, uh, I was able to meet the editor-in-chief, Benny Powell. He read my book and, yeah, and signed me right there. So Nice. Excellent. Did you approach any other people about coming on board to help you make the book before you approached the people that made the final cut of your team? Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually I worked with uh, Chris Brooks Morris, uh he's an artist and uh, uh unfortunately he had some health problems um so he wasn't able to continue on with the book but we got like a, a few pages done uh, before yeah. switching artists uh mm -hmm. but uh brooks's uh cover is one of the variant covers that is available on the kickstarter nice nice so the production's underway how did you find uh, juggling like working on the book and other life commitments that you had to deal with? Did did you have everything balanced out just right or was or were there some learning curves that you had to overcome? Yeah, um I think you have to kind of pick and choose uh, when you're going to work cuz I yeah. I'd love to work all the time on these things. I love making <laughs> these books. Uh but I do have like a wife and a daughter and I have I have like these you know, commitments and, and hmm. priorities in my life too. Um, for a while there though, I kind of stopped watching TV at night and yeah. which was something my wife and I used to do a lot. Hmm. And uh, I just kind of stopped doing that to, to focus on writing. Cause that was like a quiet time that I could do that. But now I've tried to kind of balance that more and, and, you know, hang out with her sometimes and work other times. Um, yeah. So it is a, it is a balancing act. I think yeah. a big part of making comics though is not, wasting your free time i think it's mm. very easy to you know especially in video games I, I hear a lot of people just lose like you know hours and hours to video games or you know or, or social media things like this yeah. and so uh, when you have some free time really try and get some work done is, is what i've kind of learned excellent um what was your kryptonite during the production of this book that one thing that would come along when you were working on it that you would you would see that it's come along and you'd be like oh no i don't want to give in to you but i'm gonna um i guess it was just all right just being honest <laughs> I'll lay it out here. um i wrote issue one and issue two right away right at the same time yeah. and and then i i left the series alone for like six months and then I started writing issues like uh, three and four and five. And so trying to get back into the swing of it on issue three, I was like, ooh, I just, who are these characters? What am I doing here? And like, I had all my planning done, thankfully, or else it would have been really, <laughs> really difficult, but really kind of getting back into hearing their voices in my head. And and, and I started rolling with it, but it, it was it was a bit tough to get back into it. Awesome, man. Awesome. I'm just going to acknowledge the chat again because they're, they're talking away. Uh, Bree says, if you want to look me in the eyes, you'd better sit back down. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but I'm down for it. <laughs> uh, let me see. We also have Offnix who says, did anyone say monsters? Hail all. Good evening, Offnix. How the devil art thou? Glad to see you here. Uh, let me see. There's a lot of uh, chat going on. Um, Bree says, oh gosh, I read that back. It can be taken as an insult. I swear I don't mean it as such. Hey, that's cool, Bree. It's all good. 
it's all good uh let me see we've also got ginge gingerton in the chat who says hello all good evening ginge how the devil art thou and we also have wally at, Ter- at terrier comics evening all evening wally how the devil art thou good sir so did you hide any secrets in this story that only you and a select few people will find but but people like me i'll read the book i'll see it and i'll think nothing of it well one thing in the first issue there's a scene where mm-hmm. uh, uh the husband characters at a urinal and uh, and i've, I've asked uh, people have asked me why did you put that scene in there because there's uh, he's there, and the guy next to him, like, pees yeah. on his shoes. <laughs> and and it's a funny scene because he gets really angry, and the guy's running out of there trying to hang on to his pants and stuff because he's going to, you know, beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And um, there is a reason for that. It, it, there's a payoff for it uh, coming in issue three, um, why that scene happened, and because and, he, he'll do things differently the next time. And um, that scene is actually based on like kind of a true situation it's a little embarrassing but um years ago i went to a, a comedy club and i just mm. got absolutely shattered and at the end of the night i'm at the urinal there and i look down and i was peeing on the guy's shoes next to me <laughs> and i just nearly had the hell just beat right out of me right there it's just just absolutely destroyed and I, I always thought that was kind of a funny situation. So I wanted to work that into the comic book. But I, I had a reason for it. So mm-hmm. so there is, don't just think that's in there for shits and giggles. It's actually, it's there for, for something bigger later. <laughs> what were some of the hardest sacrifices you had to make in, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> in order to create this book? Um, I guess the the financial sacrifice of making a comic book is, yeah. is one for like writers um, that they have to, uh, deal with right because when you're when you're when you're making your own comic books as an independent creator you're kind of like a little entrepreneur you know yeah. and and things uh things take a long time to develop like you know i started writing this book in you know early early 2019 and so now mm-hmm. we're we're into 2021 now and uh you know it's just kind of coming out now um so there's there's a financial hardship of kind of putting in the money and then the, the return is so far away if there is one and you really have yeah. to work to try and get a return for sure. Um, it's, I think comic books is just definitely like a labor of love. Not that oh, they yeah. can't, not that they can't be profitable, but like that's, it's not the smartest way to make money by any means. <laughs> like go and do like anything else. If you want to make money, do comic books cause you love it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you find yourself suffering from writer's block during the production of this book? And if so, how did you ever? Well, actually, do you even believe in writer's block? I do. I, I don't know. I kind of call it more procrastination. <laughs> you know, because I, I find that to be just a huge hang up is like, I just don't really know what to do. Because like, if you just kind of sit yourself to 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 do it, you know, this is like a piece of advice that maybe people have heard before, but like, it's I, I call it like the vomit, uh, the vomit draft. It's just like, yes, get it out I there. It, I call it the same. Uh, you just got to like push yourself, just push yourself to get it out there. Because as long as like the ideas are just bouncing around in your head, you can't really make them better. Um, you need to get it on paper and then you can go and do like your second and third draft and, and improve your concepts. Right. So I think like the the procrastination is because it's it's bad. You know when you write your first draft and it stinks, it almost is painful just coming out of you. You're like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> this isn't good. I'm bad. I'm terrible. 
And, you know, but you have to have that realization, like, I can't make this better until I put it out there. And yeah. so once you put it out there, then you can go back and fix it. That's why I do a vomit draft. I don't even consider a vomit draft the first draft. It's just, uh, okay, I'm just putting shit onto paper. This is my permission to be as terrible as possible because no one else is going to see it. I'm going to be the only fucker who sees it. You know, I forget about all the rules of storytelling and all the little things I've learned. I'm just like, you You sit down and you keep writing till you either get to the end or until you write yourself into a corner. You then leave it for a couple of weeks, come back with those highlights to pens and it's often the red one that gets used the most because it's like that's coming out that's coming out that's coming out and then the green one creeps up every now and then oh no that's actually a good idea that'll stay in <laughs> so i'm starting a new series just very 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 early days on writing it mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I brought in a, a writing partner with me uh, a yeah. guy his name is uh, uh spencer esterbrooks he's an independent filmmaker in uh, in alberta he has like a series called sharkosaurus which is kind of like tremors meets jaws and this like giant shark goes through the ground and then he comes up and he's got like little t-rex arms and eats things yeah. anyways it's a hilarious hilarious book and uh and so i wanted to work with spencer on something and so I, I kind of i pitched him my concept and he's like yeah i know it's really good he's like send me what you got and i was like dude i just have like my vomit draft at this point like i'm like i can't show you that and he's like well just show it to me i don't care and i was just like oh man all right and i was like just it was really hard to like i was like fuck it like let's just do this man. <laughs> i sent it to him but it was yeah it's like you don't really want to show those that, that first draft no. to too many people <laughs> no. that, that's why i always do the, vomit, uh, the vomit draft first i'm sort of like okay get that out of the way that's for me then i do the first draft People can see the first draft, but they can't see the vomit draft, especially the artist. It's like, no, I, I want the artist to actually stay on board. When I give <laughs> yeah. when I give them a first draft, they understand that it's going to be a little loose. It's going to be a little rough. If I gave them the vomit draft, they'd be like, I'm not fucking working for you. You're a madman. <laughs> yeah, well, and oftentimes the vomit draft is not concise and like no one could really understand yeah. it except for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and even then you have trouble understanding it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you work on like a vomit draft or a first draft second draft whatever uh is there ever a point where you like to work as just pen paper and scribble away or do you do everything uh typed typed up along all the stages no i do like to get out the pen and paper on the yeah. early stages especially like concept stuff but yeah. i mostly write on my phone to be honest with you i like oh. to i like to like i said in my hot tub um, I like to go for drives. Uh, I, yeah. I find like if I'm driving, I can kind of just think a little bit more. I like to park at the, uh, at like the at the beach and like watch mm. the waves come in. And I don't know. It sounds very <laughs> romantic, <laughs> but it's just me being no, a weirdo cool, in my man. car, just typing away. <laughs> no, I fully get it, man. Sometimes, like before the apocalypse hit, which was like, way too soon, my four puppies of the apocalypse hadn't even been unleashed, and the apocalypse was starting to hit us. I used to go out all the time, like I go to like the local graveyard and sit down with a notebook and just just chill there because it was so peaceful and just like write down some ideas or like go through like the woods and stuff. And so I get it, man. Like I like being out there with nature, kind of thing that really like inspires me and gets like the juices going. So I'm like, yeah, get that pen out, get that notebook out let's let's do this and then before you know it hours have gone it's all of a sudden dark <laughs> and there's weird people with flashlights going what are you doing here <laughs> you write in the graveyard yeah yeah wow yeah absolutely i'm the lord wow. of darkness for a reason <laughs> <laughs> 
so years ago i went um like my dad died a long time ago like 22 years ago and yeah. uh when i was younger i was feeling a need to like go to the gravesite quite a bit and yeah. um like one time it was like midnight i was like fuck i'm just gonna go and so i go and i hop the fence <laughs> to the graveyard and it's like a misty night and um I'm like sitting there and then there's like all these like weird sort of sounds. And then I like look up and like, there's like this huge fucking deer with like the giant rack, like right next to me. And I was like, oh, and I just like started running and I like off the fence and get out of there. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is weird. You know? <laughs> hey, needs they must, man. Needs they must. So you're, you're pretty much in the early stages of like marketing this book, but you've still done a fair bit of marketing along the way, whether it's been for this book or your previous books, what were some of the hardest things you had to learn about uh, dealing with marketing and promotion? Well, pretty early on, I realized that it's not just enough to make these books. You actually have to go out there and sell them and tell people about them. And yeah, because when I first started doing the conventions, I was sitting and I was nervous yeah. and I didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And then, and then I started standing and talking to people, like I said, and then I developed a, um, a panel so I could do it. It's called monsters and comics. And I would do that at different conventions. And I'd have to get on stage and like talk to people. I had a little slideshow with a little clicker and it just like, there'd be the history of horror and pop culture uh, specifically yeah. in uh, comic books. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had like a little half an hour uh, kind of performance that I would do. Uh, so that one was really uh, tough for me. And then now I'm, I'm trying to, you know, do YouTube shows and podcasts and, send out the book for reviews. So yeah, that's some of the kind of marketing that I've done. Um, mm. I, I love it. It's really fun, actually. Um, and then, yeah. oh, another thing I've done is, if you don't mind, I'm going to pump my my YouTube channel myself. I've yeah, got, um, I, I created my own YouTube channel, too. It's called Inside Comics. And there I talk with different creators every week, uh, kind of about you know making comics, like really specifically mm. how to do it, and talked with like publishers about what do they want to see in a, in a new comic book submission. Yeah. So part of it's for me just to learn too like because i'm still figuring yeah. things out right and so i i really enjoy that but that was that was something that was like i, I mentioned earlier like the putting yourself out there was hard yeah. yeah i found creating a youtube channel to be really tough to just eventually just decide to do it because i was like <laughs> this is something that's going to be coming out regularly that people are going to mm. be like judging me and if i say something stupid it's like on there you know so <laughs> don't worry we all say something stupid i try i I probably say something stupid every single day and then I get out of bed and I just carry on and it, it just <laughs> flows into my YouTube stuff as well. <laughs> so even though it's been like early days, like marketing and promoting this book, you've still managed to get a bit out there. What has the reception towards this book been like so far? Has it been mostly positive? I haven't gotten a bad review yet. Um, nice. uh, shots with comics called it an emotionally violent gut punch, uh, a must read. So I thought that was nice. Wow, that's a hell of a statement right there. Yeah, and someone called it compared me to that. Uh, I shouldn't say it. All right, I'll say it. Um, someone yeah. said that it, it kind of reminded them of like Quentin Tarantino, which I was like, oh my god, that's like the hugest compliment ever. So that's yeah, it, cool. it, it's been getting received pretty well right now. Um, uh, another thing I'm doing for marketing uh, is I'm like I made up these these posters here uh, i made these up and they, these are getting mailed out to like different comic book shops and i'm like writing like a handwritten letter to like each shop like saying hey can you put up my poster and you know i hope you'll bring in the series i think it's pretty cool and you know that sort of thing and and 
you know, physically mailing it out. And I don't know why I decided to do this handwritten thing. It's taking forever, but I, I think it's a little touch that, you know, maybe people will, will notice, you know? Oh yeah. They'll notice and they'll remember it as well. And they'll be like, well, this fucker, he, you know, he gives us handwritten notes. What, what have these guys done? They haven't done anything. They can go away. <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna hit up the chat real quick uh wakey j87 says what comic cons have you got booked coming up now i assume that's for both of us <laughs> so i'm gonna answer first real quick because i've got one in september i'm gonna be appearing at norcon which takes place on september 25th and 26th that's in norfolk here in the uk i may have another one lined up i'll have to keep you guys noted on that one but what about you george what comic cons have you got lined up Oh, yeah, I'll try and go quick. I've got Mad Monster Party in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, nice. Then uh, I have Fan Expo Boston, uh, MegaCon in Orlando, uh, AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C., Wizard World Chicago, and then in the um, Fan Ex in Salt Lake City and um, Rose City in Portland. So that's kind of in the nice. August-September timeline. So hopefully shows are running up then and I, and I can uh, hit those appearances. Yeah, fingers crossed, because this whole pandemic thing, it, it knows how to throw a wrench in the works real quick and out of nowhere. <laughs> so I, I'm in the same boat. It's like, OK, I know it's months away, like my first my first convention appearance back. But anything can happen between now and then to really screw that one over. So, <laughs> yeah, I was actually supposed to be at Days of the Dead this coming weekend, I think, in Las oh, Vegas. Man. And I had to cancel the trip because um, in, I'm here in Canada and uh mm. The travel restrictions are like really, really difficult right now. If you yeah. travel abroad, you need to um, stay in a hotel, mandatory mm -hmm. hotel stay that costs like $2,000. And then you have to yeah. self quarantine for two weeks. Ooh. So it just makes it kind of impossible to travel right now for me. Yeah. Um, so hopefully those restrictions are lifted in the summer and I can go to those shows in August. Fingers crossed for you all the way, good sir. Uh, let me see. Wally at Terrier Comics, he says, make sure to bookmark George's website and not miss out on anything from Absolute. And then he's left a link to your website. Thank you very much for that, Wally. I know I can always count on you for dropping them links, my man. Uh, let me see. WakeyJ87 says, I work on paper and only use bullet points for my vomit draft, so anyone seeing it would think it was a, fu was a fucked up shopping list. <laughs> I can understand that. I've done that a few times myself. Uh, let me see. Offnick says, one man's madness is another's escapism if, if put on paper slash comics. Damn straight it is. Damn straight it is. And there's a lot of madness out there. I make sure of that. <laughs> uh, Wally says, bullet points are the way that I work and lots, and lots of post-it notes. You know, I've never really worked with post-it notes. Uh, record cards, like little, like, just like oh, yeah. five, five by seven, hundreds of them pin fucking everywhere taped to walls taped to the dog <laughs> sound like uh, a mad scientist with like the little uh and the strings like oh, attaching each thing <laughs> oh yeah yeah when i when i'm like plotting and developing like i try to keep it all neat at first and then it just goes there's graphs <laughs> there's ransom notes there, there's all sorts of crazy things going on uh nefarious says i've got issues too good evening nefarious how the devil art thou i'm glad i'm not the only one who has issues you know i keep thinking that it's just me but clearly it's not and i love the way that i was about to click on something and then the chat just scrolls right up because <laughs> there's loads of people here uh he says uh what nefarious says what book are we talking about aliandro ah right that's because infinity comics aka aliandro is here good evening infinity comics how the devil art thou 
Uh, and he's, he also says, look at this George guy looking quite dapper. Look at that. See, people are noticing. I'm celebrating, people. I'm celebrating. My book is out from a publisher, and we're doing a Kickstarter today. Um, it's called Resilient. It's from Absolute Comics Group. And, uh, yeah, it's about a female fire. Uh, female fire. That's a different book. It's about a female judo teacher. And uh, she's got to rescue her uh, her man. Uh, he gets mixed up with the Mexican cartel. And she's uh, an amputee that gets, like, these cybernetic pink mecha arms. And she's got to kick ass and and take names and it's it's kind of a revenge fantasy i was really inspired by kill bill that's one of uh um my favorite movies um i really liked the 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 story of the of the character who, uh the bride or beatrice which is, if you haven't seen this episode one then that's a bit of a spoiler but anyways um i i liked how you know they they did her wrong and then you know because she was in hospital for four years uh her her body and her muscles have just like right deteriorated so she has to like figure out how to make herself move and i just love that scene where she's got to wiggle the big toe yeah. and so that's what you see with my character is when when she uh, loses her arms i actually take all of issue two to kind of deal with that and uh, and she's kind of losing her mind a bit like you know she's got an itch on her nose and she like just smashes her face into a mirror because like she can't scratch it you know and <laughs> and i i really wanted you to care about these characters so that when the blood and the carnage and the chaos happens you're invested and you're dialed in um yeah so i hope everyone will check it out uh we're launching tonight on kickstarter uh 8 30 eastern i think uh yeah five o'clock pacific something like that excellent excellent infinity comic says at loose for storm hey hey my dear friend i can't wait to have you on the show this sunday that's right infinity comics my main man aliandro he has his own youtube channel he's got loads of shows lined up he's got uh clint stoker going on there this week he's got peter sametti he's got frankie b washington and he's got myself turning up there on sunday so if you haven't subscribed to his channel you might want to change that because he's got some cool people showing up uh let me see we also have brie who says there is something called awesome con that's awesome and i agree i completely agree uh let me see so many people so many cool people here tonight um right brie also says as soon as traveling is a thing again i am going to visit several cons around europe so i can buy you guys uh comics and support you all bless you bless you brie we can't wait for that we can't wait i you know i can't wait to turn up to a convention and then be like hold on i recognize you we've met on youtube haven't we <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nefarious says, sounds cool, kind of like Cobalt or Transhuman, Rickford's story. So you, I think Nefarious is liking the sounds of your book, good sir. Right, let's get back to the questions, because I've still got a few. How does it feel to know that this book, before long, will be in the hands of readers? I'm excited for it. Um, this book's never been printed before, not even one physical copy. Yeah. So it's it's straight to the publisher. Um I'm, I'm excited to have it. Um, I remember the feeling I had uh, when I first printed my monster book and I just held it in my hands and looked at it. Like, it was just like grinning idiot for like a solid hour. I didn't even like, not even talking to anybody, just looking at it like over and over and over again. It's, it's an amazing feeling. Like seeing something that, you know, was just the con and some of these concepts were early days. Like, you know, like as a little boy, I, I thought of these things and then, and then working them into uh, into the story, and then seeing it actualized by the artist. That's one thing I love about making comic books is uh, checking my email every morning, because mm. you know when it, when you get new art coming in from your artist, it's just so exciting. It's such a nice way. And like I work with actually a lot of a lot of the artists that I work with um, uh, live in Europe, and mm. so 
So because of the time change, I wake up in the morning, I'm usually getting something. It's awesome. Great way to start the day. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. What advice would you give to new writers who are just starting out that you wish you had known when you were starting out? Sure. So my monster book is like an 18 issue epic that I have plotted out. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of structured like a trilogy. Like there's like three, six issue um, kind of almost like movies. And yeah. it's the amount of work it takes to make one comic book is crazy. Trying mm-hmm. to make 18, we're on issue nine right now of this series, <laughs> is it's a huge endeavor. So my advice would be start small. Um, you know, write like a six, eight page, you know, short story. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and another thing is like when you're, when you're working with the artists, you're starting a huge relationship. I didn't realize like how big this thing is. I thought like I write the script, they do the art, done. No, you're going back and forth, you know, for months and months and months making yeah. these books together. And, you know, like with the, with the, my series artist on, uh, on Cover of Darkness, we've been doing that since like 2018. So we're in like three years now. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot longer than some people's relationships you know, that they ever have. <laughs> so I've been just hanging out with this guy for years, just, you know, messaging him back and forth. And, you know, um, so start small because it is kind of like dating this relationship thing with the, mm. with an artist. You want to make sure you have a good partner. You want to make sure that you're going to get someone that's going to answer their emails that yes. is going to, you know, respect your deadlines and things like this. Mm. So, if you if you have a, a, a short sample, you can say, okay, I'm never doing that again with that guy. It took it took six months to get six pages out of him. Like I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not working with that guy again. You know, so you can do that sort of thing. Whereas if you dive into a huge thing, you you might and like oftentimes what I do is I, I pay like half up front and then half upon completion. Yeah. So if you're if you're investing on like a twenty two page story, you're paying for eleven pages of art that you may never get depending mm-hmm. on a new artist that you don't have any prior relationship with. Yeah. So yeah, start small, uh, work and work and work and refine your script until it's like perfect. So you're really, really happy with it. And then really get a killer artist. It's yeah. absolutely essential. If you get someone who's not up to snuff, people aren't going to read your book. And so what's mm-hmm. the point of doing all this work and paying this money? Get someone who's great. If you can't afford someone that's great, get a second job. You know, <laughs> like, honestly, like just, or, or take your time and say, okay, I'm going to save up for this and I'll do it in a year. And it takes yeah. sacrifice too. You might have to cancel like a, a vacation that you wanted to do in order to pay for your comic book. You have to make your priorities. If you want to do this, it's, it's kind of a, a, a massive investment of time and energy mm. and money. So you really got to make sure that this is something that you love and that you want to do. Yes. I, I second that motion big time, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, seeking out a good artist and making sure that they're reliable. Because like you said, <coughs> excuse me, it is, it's almost like you're getting into a marriage <laughs> when you start working with an artist. So you, you need to test those waters, like, you know, hire them to do a commission of your character and see how that turns out or or turn around to them and say hey look i've got a four page story an eight page story a 12 page story what are your page rates right let's do this because i would rather lose a bit of money and go okay you've given me two pages out of eight than lose a hell of a lot of money and go you've given me two pages out of a 12 issue maxi series (laughs) (laughs) so what do you have planned 
for after this book has been released? Do, do you have a schedule of other books that you're going to work on? Or are you kind of winging it and going, okay, well, now that this book is is on the way, I'm going to take a little bit of time to myself and I'm just going to think about what I want to do next. No, I have um, four different series that are in different stages de of development. I have mm -hmm. a series called Hybrid Force that kind of made for eight to 14 year olds. And that book, uh, we just finished it like, what a month ago. And like, it's totally done, art, color, lettered, it's ready to go. I'd actually, I just got the graphic design in for it uh, yesterday. So I have, I'm gonna start submitting that to different publishers and I'll probably be on the convention circuit with it too. Uh, and then I have another series, uh, it's called Fire Engine Red. It's kind of like Die Hard in a forest fire. It's about a female <laughs> firefighter. She needs to rescue her man and take down the armed mercenaries. But she's got a complicated relationship with her man. She's more at home in a burning building than in the flames of romance. <laughs> so that's my little pitch for that one. And that one is uh, is coming along. It's from hmm. uh, the artist is Ali Garza, who worked on like Deadpool and Supergirl. And yeah. Insane talent. And uh, that one is probably 2022. And then Cover Darkness is going to be released by a publisher in 2022 as well. So I've, I've got a lot of, it's, it's a long process though. I, like I started these books, some of them in 2018, most of them in 2019. And so we're two years down the line. So I, I do have things that are uh, in the pipeline. Uh, and then, and then I'm still writing kind of new things too. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Before we get to the last question, cause there's, there's a question that I ask everyone who comes onto this show, especially if it's their first time. I'm going to ask you that question in a bit, but we're going to check out the chat because there's been a, a couple of comments. We've got JC Universe who says, I can definitely relate to looking forward to seeing new art from your artist. It's usually a thrill for myself as well. And I just want to say, welcome, JC Universe. How the devil art thou? Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to that. When you've got a kick-ass artist on your book, Every time you just, even if they're just like, oh, I did a doodle in five seconds, you know, I did, this could make its way into the book. You're just like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see what this is. <laughs> and Marigo Anne uh, says, what's happening on Sunday again with Peter, Frankie and Lucifer? I missed that bit. Uh, Infinity Comics, Aliandro, he's got his own, his own YouTube channel. And each day this week, he's got a different person coming on that he's going to be interviewing. Uh, I believe on Saturday, it's Peter Sametti. I think tomorrow it's Clint Stoker. Don't hold me to that. Uh, he's got loads of people lined up on Sunday. It's going to be me. That's right. I got, I got to follow Peter Sametti, Clint Stoker and Frankie B. Washington. I better bring my A game because these guys are legends, absolute legends. So there you go. So if you haven't subscribed to Infinity Comics, check him out check out their channel so george i got i got the final question here for you right, i hope i hope you're ready for this one because <laughs> this is not the sort of question that many people have turned around and just said yes or no this normally opens something up do you believe that there is much truth to the idea of the tortured artist i do i do believe that um so for myself i always wanted to be a creative person like i said earlier um yeah. And then finally deciding to go for it. And then, so I should be feeling great now, right? I'm doing what I wanted to do. And I should be like on top of the world. And I'm today is a good day. I'm celebrating. I got my suit on. I got my wine on. We're celebrating. But here's the problem. I keep on moving the goalposts for myself, right? So at first it would be, oh, it'll be amazing if I can make a comic book. That'll be so cool. And so I started doing that. And then I made a comic book. 
And then it's like, okay, well, now I need to get this thing printed. I need to get this and I need to sell it. And so then it's like, okay, it'd be amazing to, to sell, you know, 20 copies. And then it's like, okay, now I need to sell 100 copies. And then I just keep on moving it. And it's like, okay, now I need to get published. And so, and like, I'm always kind of anguishing with like, you know, how do I get this thing going better? And, you know, if there's any negative reviews ever, uh, that's hurts, you know, <laughs> at the convention. At, that's one thing that I do. I, I don't struggle too much with at the convention because I do think when I'm selling my books, people don't know what the book is, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe they don't like, I've only had my monster book up until this point. So maybe they don't like monsters. And that's fine. You know, whatever. Okay. It's not everyone's bag. And even if they do buy the book, it's not because of the writing because they haven't read it yet. They're buying hmm. it because maybe they like me. Maybe they're buying it probably because they like the art in it. Yeah. So um, I, I I don't really struggle at the convention. But when I what I do struggle with is submitting to publishers. When I submit to a publisher, if they pass on it, that's like devastating, right? Because it's like, oh, no, maybe I'm not worthy. You know, maybe I suck. <laughs> and I just like start questioning my whole reality. And it's just like, this is terrible, you know? So I do think just, you know, I, I'm always kind of increasing my expectations and, yeah. and hopes and goals. And it's not really fair to myself. Um, I did a, uh, I did a road trip in uh, 2019. I did four cons in four weeks and mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be great. I had done a few big shows on the West coast here and yeah. I thought, okay, I'm going to go East and, and do all these shows and it'll be great. And so I packed up my minivan cause I'm like, I'm a family man and I got, <laughs> I got a, a van and, uh, and I packed up my comic books and I drove out there and I went to like Madison, Wisconsin and it was like a small show and there was like hardly anyone there. And I was like, Oh no, this isn't going to be good. I'm not, not going to make any money. I'm not only am I not going to make money, I'm going to lose money. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in order to like save money, I, uh, I, I went on diet. I'm like, I'll buy one foot long sub a day and I'll eat half for lunch and half for dinner. And I was like, and I was like staying in like, uh, sleeping in my van, I was showering yeah. in truck stops, and I, I felt kind of rock and roll. And like, yeah, this is like, this is this is gonna, this is what people have to do to like make it, you know. And then I also felt kind of homeless and like really sad. And it's like I wish that I had like planned this out better. And and hmm. you know, so I and and the reason why I put myself through that was because I I wanted to come home with some money too. It wasn't just enough hmm. to break even. You know, yeah. it was like, I gotta, I gotta make a little bit cause I gotta recoup my art costs and I have to justify myself being away from my family for a month. Mm -hmm. So I like, you know, put myself kind of through hell for like a month, you know, uh, and just working my ass off the whole time trying to, to, to get this thing moving because it's so hard. There's a lot of competition out there in comics. Like every day mm -hmm. on Kickstarter, there seems like there's a dozen new things or maybe mm -hmm. even 50. It's just like, there's tons and you go into webtoons and there's just, heaps and heaps and heaps of comics everyone's making comics so your book has to be really good and you have to work really hard to to try and yeah. you know get fans and i really do kind of torture myself a bit you know <laughs> trying to, to make this thing happen and yeah sometimes my wife is like why are you doing this like you don't seem as happy as uh, as when you weren't doing it. it's like yeah but i'm following my passion and i am happy to do that but it's just it's so hard sometimes that yeah. you can kind of get down on yourself a bit so yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. There's a tortured artist thing. I can I can understand where you're coming from, and I can relate to it. I do think though that like get, like pushing your goals 
just that little bit like you said like one day you sell 100 copies so like the next day you're like i want to sell like 150 copies i don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever otherwise it's very easy to become complacent and be like ah people are buying the book i don't need to do shit about it and it's like well no you do because there are several people out there who don't know that your book exists and maybe they'll fall in love with that book if they know about it so you got to keep pushing it out there you know it's it's kind of a numbers game at the end of the day you got to keep you got to find more people every day and be like, let me talk to you about my book and hope that they don't mace you or call the police. You know? <laughs> That's why I got my pitches. Like I did the monster pitch. And I did the fire engine red pitch. I have them down to like, um, you know, 30 seconds because the yeah. person on the other side of the table, they kind of start to hate you after like yeah. 30 seconds. So <laughs> you got 30 seconds, make an impression. And then, you know, if they don't like it, that's fine. But it don't sit there and just keep talking and wasting their time. That's, that's a good way to just, you know, piss yes. people off. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. JC universe is in the chat and they say, of course it's never over. I have over 500 plus characters and 38 different stories. Some are closer to my heart than others, but as a creative, you, you're never really satisfied. Your goal will always extend completely agree completely agree 100 i have a huge stable of characters and it's it's always painful when i move on to the next book i'm like oh shit i gotta choose one of you guys to work on that that doesn't seem fair i love all of you <laughs> i want you all to get that spotlight all to get that limelight but it's what you have to do and you have to uh, like they said you know it, it's good to like extend those goals and make sure like oh, that little baby that you create that's your character your concept your story your title it's such a shame to bring them into the world and they don't have anyone to to experience their stories kind of thing books books are created to be read at the end of the day yeah absolutely um and that's uh you know on the flip side of that the greatest compliment i have is when someone comes back on like on day two of a convention and mm. they say i read that last night and i really loved it and can i get the next issue that's like Excellent. for as a writer that is that just puts me on top of the world man how yeah like a million bucks yeah excellent george thank you so much for joining me this evening it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and i have no doubt that i'm going to get you on the show again in the not too distant future yeah it's an absolute pleasure talking with you and i'd love to have you on my show too sometime uh, uh, yeah, inside commentary definitely absolutely you just let me know i'd be more than happy to come on and I just want to say to everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us. And everyone who's just watching and not actually in the chat, thank you for joining us. And thank you for watching this show. If you want to follow George, like I said before, take a look in that description box down below. You will find links to where you can find him on social media as well as his website. And a little later on, I'm going to be updating the description box so that there will be a link to the Kickstarter for his new book, Resilience. So keep an eye out for that. This is the end of the show, I'm afraid. But I will be back next Monday with a pre-recorded episode where I'll be talking to John Hervey and Rod Looper, the team behind Black Tiger. But until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Most importantly though, and I cannot stress this enough, stay safe and stay awesome. Thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this show, then don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, stay awesome.